Hi, welcome back to Cycling Talk Podcast with me, Georgia Mahoney. In today's episode, I'm joined by our Care Samsic rider, Connor Swift. I've wanted Connor to be on the podcast for a long time, so when I spoke to him at the start of the second stage of the Tour of Britain a few weeks ago, I was so grateful that he agreed to be on the podcast. Thank you for joining me today, Connor. Yep, not a problem. Uh, thank you for having me on on the podcast. What's your first memory of being on a bike? Uh, I'd like to say, obviously, I, I can try and make something up about me uh, remembering when I was like three or four years old, but it was probably probably when my cousin, Ben, came uh, came to my house on his mountain bike, and I was probably about six or seven at the time, and he, he went and took me over Rother Valley, and he was dodging all the puddles and I was riding through them all. And then I got home and uh, Ben was clean and I was really dirty. And then I can remember my mum telling me off because I've been riding through all the puddles. So mm-hmm. that's probably one of the earliest memories. And I think, I, yeah, I was probably about six or seven or something like that. What's the first bike that you remember being really excited about? Yeah, so uh, when when I was into like triathlons and racing, I wanted my first proper race bike, you know, a, a full carbon bike and uh at the time in Halfords, uh, Boardman did a, a nice entry-level carbon bike and uh, it was normally black, but he released some limited edition ones and I think he'd made about 500. And uh, around that sort of time, they got released. It was kind of October, November time, around my birthday. And I can remember I was saving up for a road bike, saved all my birthday money, saved all my Christmas money. And uh, on Boxing Day, we was going to go to Halfords and go and buy the bike, but... Uh, Come Boxing Day, all the limited edition bikes had sold out. And uh, so I, I thought, oh, I'm just going to end up with uh, one of the black ones. And uh, Christmas Day, uh, I got all my money together. So I think the bike was a £1,000. Had all my money, £1,000 ready, ready to go Boxing Day to go and get the black boardman. But then Christmas afternoon, I ended up uh, receiving the the limited edition boardman and uh, my parents had already gone out and uh, oh. bought it so uh, they surprised me on Christmas Day and uh, yeah I ended up with a limited edition one so yeah that's mm. that's probably my first one were you part of a local club yes I I rode out uh, with Doncaster Wheelers a, a few times and then also uh, over Scunthorpe uh, when I used to ride on the track that I kind of joined their club to to ride in the track racing and things like that. Um, but yeah, b- between the two, kind of like Scunthorpe and Doncaster Wheelers, yeah. And were there many people your age that you could ride with when you were growing up? At the time, maybe when when I got my first bike, a few of my friends in my year at school they they also got racing bikes at the same time, and uh, I went out on a few rides with those, but. Uh, they didn't. They wasn't interested in racing. They were just interested in having a bike that could go fast on the road. So at the time, there wasn't really anyone my age that that raced uh, and that I could train with properly. Mm. Uh, so I just ended up riding out on the on the local chain gangs and uh, with with a lot of guys uh, a lot older than me and uh, a fair few pros at the time as well. I used to jump on and tag along in those group rides and used to uh, really look up to uh, the local pros as well and. Being able to ride with those, I think it uh, brought me on really well. Can you tell me about your first race? Um, the first race, I can't re- Oh, 
I can't fully remember my first cycling race. Maybe it was like a one well circuit or something like this. Uh, but a very early race when I used to ride for bike box back in the day, I ended up winning and it was over at Scarborough. It was on a circuit and uh, I think it was just a three, four race or something. It was, that might've been my first proper three, four race. And uh, yeah, I ended up attacking, got away with another guy and ended up winning. And I had uh, family and friends there. And then we went and got some fish and chips to celebrate afterwards. <laughs> How did you travel to races and who supported you? So when I was younger, my, my dad used to, uh, you know, drive drive around the country and make sure I could go to like the junior national races and any other races closer by. Uh, so, yeah, my, uh, my parents helped out a lot. And then when I moved on to uh, Bike Box, uh, then there was uh, Dave Coulson and he used to travel to the races and things like that. Uh, so yeah, I've always, you know, had people around me that have been willing to help and, you know, take me to races. So I'm very fortunate for that. And how did you manage your training and racing around your education? Yeah, I used to, uh, it's really good where I am because there's, uh, chain gangs on a Tuesday and a Thursday evening and a Saturday as well. So, uh, throughout the summer, you know, you can still get good training sessions in throughout the week. Uh, I never, I was never a person that missed school because of the bike. Um, so I always made sure I was at school and then trained afterwards or before. Sometimes before school, I used to go out and do like a, a 40 minute, um, a 40 minute loop as fast as I could, fully skin suited up, uh, pretend that I was, you know, like a professional rider uh, and things like that. And then obviously after school, yeah, just used to go out on the train gang. So it was either after school or before school sometimes. And then in, in the winter, after school, obviously I'd have all the lights and everything like that. Uh, yeah, I can remember some, uh, yeah, two hours after school, just pure darkness. Uh, yeah, there was hard rides. And then obviously I'd, I'd make up all my miles on the weekends and yeah, really enjoyed getting out on the bike uh, for big rides on the weekends. And was cycling the only sport you did or did you do others? Yeah, so I also, well, yeah, I've done pretty much every sport. I used to do taekwondo, I used to do swimming. Before I focused fully on the bike, I used to do triathlons for two years. Um, at school, I did cross country, did football, did rugby, uh, did tennis, did everything I, I could possibly uh, you know, try and do. And then, and then, yeah, in the end, uh, cycling was the one. And can you tell me about your first national race? National level race, uh, maybe it was uh, in Wales when I was a first year junior, the Cadence Road Race, I think. Um, obviously, my dad drove me there. We, we booked a hotel and things like that. We drove all the way to Wales, morning of the race, went to sign on. And I'd left my license at home. Dad wasn't very happy about that. <laughs> yeah, he was, uh, yeah, th that, that was not a good moment. But luckily, obviously, I could buy a day license on the day. So we hadn't wasted um, the trip all the way to Wales uh, for nothing. And yeah, bought a, bought a day license and then raced the race. And yeah, can't remember where I came. I don't think I did very good. But uh, yeah, when I was a junior, I wasn't very good. <laughs> what was the first team you became a part of? I would say uh, Bike Box would be the first proper team. And I was really lucky as well because um, 
Bike Box Allen, who owns the Bike Box Company, he he lives close by, and he he went out on the chain gangs and things. And as he seen me go out on the chain gangs, he seen that I was quite a strong rider. And he was just starting a uh, local team at the time, and he asked me if I wanted to join it. Um, and obviously, I said yeah. And I was really lucky straight away. I I joined this team, and he gave me kit, he gave me a helmet. I uh, luckily got a bike as well from him. So uh, that straight away was you know a massive uh, massive support. Um, just when I was uh, a junior, so uh, to have him uh, help me out there, that 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 was great. How did you find your first international race? That was when I was with Madison Genesis, and it it was funnily enough, uh, Trobro Leon. That was my first, you know, professional international race, and uh, in 2017, and I can just remember at the time using race race radios for the first time. You know, racing against like world tour teams, helicopters in the air, everything like that. I was pretty starstruck, and uh, yeah, I ended up uh, finishing finishing the race. Uh, and it had you know gravel sections, dirt sections, and everything. It's just a such an epic race. Mm-hmm. Obviously, luckily this year I was uh, able to win it. So uh, yeah, I, that was. I'm pretty sure that was my first uh, international race and my first mm-hmm. professional race actually. <laughs> And in 2016, you won the Yorkshire Champs, but then not long after, you had a massive crash. Can you tell me about that crash and how you recovered mentally and physically? Yeah, so I, I'd just been on a training camp in Gran Canaria with my cousin. And then I came back, won the Nash, uh, Yorkshire Championships. And I was feeling really good on the bike. And then I think a week or 10 days later, there was the uh, national championships uh, for the under 23. So I was really targeting the under 23 time trial and then the under 23 road race. So obviously uh, leading into that, I I was training on the time trial bike quite often. And there was a a local 10 on the Wednesday night. And I, I rode from home on the time trial bike to do the uh, to do the 10 mile time trial and on my way there I was like kind of warming up doing a few efforts and then the next thing you know I ended up in the back of a van uh, that was parked at the side of the road and I, uh, when I looked at my Garmin afterwards I think yeah I was going around 29 30 mile an hour into the back of a stationary van uh, and then yeah obviously I, I knocked myself out uh, broke uh, and fractured like ribs bone in the bottom of my skull, uh, my hand, uh, some of my um, vertebrae and things like that. So it was a really nasty crash. And that was that was me pretty much done for the for the season. And obviously this is me trying to step up to a continental team on in the UK. Uh, I'd, I'd won the Yorkshire Champs and I'd had a, a few previous good results prior to that. But um, that really... Uh, finished off the season basically and luckily uh, Madison Genesis still still signed me for 2017 um but yeah obviously it was a it was a it was a bad crash and yeah don't yeah don't really talk about it much <laughs> can you tell me about joining Madison Genesis and what some of your highs and lows are from your time on that team yeah so they they took me on after that crash I, I recovered I recovered really well actually and uh I think I did do one more race that season, the circuit race, and luckily I won. Actually, that wasn't too bad. First race back, but uh, yeah, so I joined the team. First time, you know, this is what I'd been aspiring to 
do, like uh, step up to a continental team. Madison Genesis, it was right up there with like JLT and one of the best teams in the UK. So I was super happy to uh, get a ride there. And I can remember going to the first training camp and seeing all the riders around me and just like, they're like all pros. And I was like looking up to them and it was quite surreal, you know, being on training camp with those guys. And uh, yeah, it was just a fantastic team. It was like a family, really good, uh, good racing. You know, you had good fun on the bike and off the bike. Everyone was, you know, great friends. The training camps were really good. Um, we used to be in villas and you'd play games and table tennis and things like that uh, after and before training. And it was just super relaxed. There was no, you know, major pressure there. And uh, it was just super fun, fun racing. You did the tour series with the team and the team came second in the team classification. And then you got an individual stage win as well. That must have been an incredible experience to have with that team. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, first year with the team and to win uh, tour series rounds, uh, that, that was great. And that kind of kick-started everything for me, uh, being at that level. You know, to win a tour series round, that's 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 really good. And yeah, we was fighting for the team competition. Uh, yeah, and that, that was the main goal of the tour series. But unfortunately, we missed out to that and ended up second. But... Still, we had a we had a great, you know, tour series uh, year, and yeah, it was just yeah, you know, that's really good good racing, and I really enjoyed it. And previous to that, I'd never really had any results in you know like criteriums and stuff. So uh, yeah, to get a couple of wins uh, in twenty seventeen, uh, yeah, I was I was happy with that. And you also rode your first tour of Britain in twenty seventeen. Can you tell me mm. about that? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, to make to make the Tour of Britain squad in a in a UK Conti team, you've got to be, uh, you know, a really good rider in good form as well. Because I think there was maybe twelve riders on the team, so you've got six guys that are left at home, and to be to take one of those spots, uh, it's difficult and it's a hard choice for the DS as well. So uh, yeah, to be selected for my first Tour of Britain, it, it was great. You know, I prior to joining Madison Genesis, I'd watched uh, the Tour of Britain you know, gone out and travelled and watched it myself and being a fan at the side of the road. So then to, you know, race my first ever one for Madison Genesis in my first year at the team. Uh, yeah, it was it was great. And I can remember I got in a breakaway one of the days, uh, fighting for KOM points in the breakaway. So, yeah, it was super special and, uh, yeah, really enjoyed it. You became National Road Race Champion in 2018. How did it feel to take that win, especially after not being able to race the national champs the year before yeah it was uh yeah super super good uh one of the best uh best days and like best results that I've that I've had and the feeling of you know winning the national championships it was it was amazing and I, I was crying on the day and everything like that and I had my family there my girlfriend there and uh for the team as well it was just a, such a huge huge win and um yeah I, I had mega mega legs on the day and it brings back super good memories um but yeah just to, to win the national champs as a continental rider it's like a massive achievement and just to win the national champs in general it's just such a privilege because you obviously get the jersey that you can ride with for a full year and then after that you uh then for the rest of your career you have a, a british flag on your arms on your sleeve so you know every day when you go out training you you pull in on the national champs kit uh you know how special it is and then 
obviously I, I, I lost the jersey to my cousin but then afterwards you know you pull on your jersey every, every day and you always look and you see the British flag on your arm and you're always reminded that you was a national champion so uh, it's uh, yeah it's it's uh, mega. You rode Tour of Britain again in 2018 on an awesome national champs bike can you tell me about the bike and about riding Tour of Britain for the second time? Yeah, so as soon as I'd win the nas- won the Nationals, the day after, uh, Madison contacted me and asked if I wanted a National Champs bike. And obviously uh, I said, yeah. And uh, they ended up getting a, um, a person, you know, custom spray the bike. And he asked me what sort of ideas I wanted for the bike. And he's kind of like an artist as well. So he, he uh, created uh, cool, like uh, splatters of uh, blue and red um onto a white frame uh and then obviously there's stripes on the bike as well so it's quite a unique champs bike because normally someone would just go for stripes on the bike or something like that but madison took a total totally different spin on it and uh yeah it looks amazing in person but yeah there's there's like a splatter effects on the lower half of the bike and then the top half of the bike is nice and clean and it's white and then it's got a yorkshire flag on there yorkshire road should i say it's got a little quote on there as well that I asked for. It's got uh, my nickname Swifty on there as well. So just got loads of nice little touches and it's really unique to me. And to have that uh, as a champs bike, it was, uh, yeah, unreal. And I think I only got it like the week before the Tour of Britain. And obviously Tour of Britain, uh, big home race. And to be national mm. champion there, it was uh, really special. And to have that bike, uh, kit, glasses, shoes, full bike you know everything just a national champ uh yeah it was it was really special and you found out that that year you'd be riding the world champs in Innsbruck how did you feel when you heard that news yeah at first I was a bit uh scared because Innsbruck obviously there's mountains uh not really ridden in mountains before so uh yeah it was quite a, a strange well, at first I felt it was a strange decision, you know, to take me there. But obviously I knew that I'd be doing a job for the team. And it was my first time riding for GB. Uh, so it's such a privilege, you know, to, you know, represent your country, pull on the GB jersey for the first time. Uh, never ridden for GB as a junior or an under 23. So first time as a senior, you know, it was pretty special. And um, yeah, I can remember, you know, going there and just being super motivated and, you know, just being able to, you know, try and give my, you know, 100% to the team and help out. And I can remember one of the passages up the uh, the finishing circuit climb, rode the front just to try and bring the breakaway gap down. And I've got a cool pictures from that. And uh, yeah, it was, it, that was, uh, that was mega. And yeah, just, just being in the same team as, you know, like the Yateses, Hugh Carthy, Pete Kenner, those sort of guys, uh, Ian Stannard, you know, for the first time, never, never really raced with them or been in a team with them before. So just being at the table on an evening, just being with these guys that I look up to. Uh, and then a few days later, you know, racing in the same team as them, that was, uh, yeah, it was ace. After your time with Madison Genesis, you joined Arkea Samsung in 2019. How did that move come about? Yeah, so it was a, it was a strange one. I joined in May 2019, so kind of halfway through the year. Uh, 2018, I, I would w- was wanting to step up to a pro continental or world tour team, but um, it didn't quite pan out. 
Um, so obviously I stayed with Madison Genesis for, for 2019. And then my agent uh, was speaking to me. He was in talks with Andre Greipel because he's like friends with him and he was just chatting with him. And Andre Greipel was with Arkea at the time. And there was quite a lot of people, you know, sick or injured in the team and he needed to improve his sprint train. And he said that he could remember me from uh, the Tour of Britain in 2018. And he basically was speaking to my agent and asked if I could come to the team. And my agent was like, oh, for, um, as in come to the team in 2020. And Greipel was like, no, now. And uh, so we was both like taken away, uh, taken back from this. And um, because I was on a continental team, uh, it means that you you are allowed to step up uh, to a pro continental or world tour team, like whenever in the season. So uh, the opportunity came around. Arkea, he, obviously Greipel spoke with Arkea. They, they was interested in signing me. And then, yeah, I joined the team and then, uh, yeah, still with them now. And, uh, yeah, not looked back since. So, uh, yeah, it came around out of the blue and, uh, yeah, grabbed that opportunity with uh, two hands. And obviously it's a French team. Do you have to learn to speak French to be able to speak with the riders and the staff on the team? Yeah, you, uh, you need to speak French. But when I first joined the team, I didn't know any French. And I was quite naive. I thought a French team, you know, they're going to speak a bit of English. You know, it's a professional team. I'll be all right. Don't need to know French. And then uh, lo and behold, my first race, the race meeting was all in French, race radio all in French, all the staff and all the riders speaking French. And uh, I didn't know a word. Well, I knew I knew uh, bonjour and je suis Connor or je m'appelle Connor. <laughs> this, this sort of stuff. So, uh yeah, it was a, a big wakening call. And yeah, since then, uh, you know, every time I've been with the team, I, I learn more French every time, even now. And then I went home, you know, had a tutor like once a week, you know, trying to really learn the language. And I think it's good that I joined a French team because otherwise, if I'd have gone to an English speaking team, then I would never have learned another language. And I would have, I would say now I've, I've kind of learned another language. I'm not 100% fluent in, it, fluent in it but you know I can hold a conversation I can understand everything bike related um, and I know pretty much what's being said majority of the time so yeah I'm quite happy that you know I've, I've learned this and uh, yeah it's definitely uh, needed to uh, speak French in a French team. <laughs> <laughs> so later in 2019 you rode the European Championships with Team GB can you tell me about that race? Yeah, so the European Championships, uh, oh, I can't remember where it was at, but there were some cobbles in it. And it was, oh, it was in Holland, I think. Yeah, windy. So uh, 14k in, I think there was going to be crosswinds and everyone knew it was going to split up. So we basically had Alex Dowsett there and he was our lead out man into the crosswinds. And that was basically him done for the day. You know, he sacrificed himself just for 14k so that the team was positioned for the crosswinds. And yeah, we was we was in the front group um, and just being on a team again, you know, with Cavendish, Dowsett, Luke Rowe, Dan McClay, uh, Chris Lawless, you know, these sort of guys. Uh, again, I was in, you know, a, a team with, you know, massive depth and uh, for another like kind of first time pulling on the GB jersey again. It's such a privilege. And yeah, my first ever European champs. 
I ended up riding in the, on the circuits just so the team was, you know, near the front because uh, it was twisty in the circuit and it was all about positioning. Um, so, yeah, I was there for a job again and, yeah, just, just gave it my all and, you know, really enjoyed, enjoyed that opportunity as well. You rode Tour of Britain again in 2019, but this time with Team GB. How did you find racing Tour of Britain with that team? Yeah, so uh, obviously I'd, I'd been just joined Arkea that year. Um, and then GB, they normally like to put in an experienced rider into the Tour of Britain that races with the under-23 guys. So obviously I spoke with Matt Bramier and he uh, he asked if I wanted to do the Tour of Britain. And yeah, I, I was super keen because, uh, you know, I'd just been racing out abroad for like, the second half of the year so to come back home and race the Tour of Britain and obviously I'd rode it twice previous to this um, I know how much of a good race it was um, so yeah I, I said yeah to the opportunity and then I was on a on a team with you know younger guys than me and just a case of them wanting to you know learn from from you and you know ask questions and just things like that but even though I wasn't you know super experienced I was a little experienced and a bit older and a professional rider so uh, yeah it was just nice to be able to put on the pull on the GB jersey again and you know get stuck into the Tour of Britain basically. And then we started 2020 did you manage to get much racing in before lockdown? I got a fair bit in I think I did some of the classics uh, like Omloop at Newsblad um and then I did Paranese, uh, and I did a few other races as well. But Paranese was, you know, the last one before we were actually went into uh, lockdown. And how did you stay motivated through the spring, waiting for racing to return? Just, uh, I think what was really good was, you know, all all everyone jumping on the Zwift and the bandwagon there, and especially our team. You know, they did uh, big group rides on Zwift. That was nice. And then in addition to that, I was still allowed to train outside. So uh, it didn't feel too, uh, too different to me because I was still, you know, doing my normal training outside. But I did take some time off the bike. And then in addition to that, we just bought a house and we was like um, decorating and knocking walls down in the house. So that was a really nice distraction from everything else that was going on. Um, so basically, I was just riding my bike and then coming to the house and just working on the house. Um, so, yeah, it was uh, a really nice distraction and I think it was um, a good moment to uh, have your first house. <laughs> Can you tell me about your first experience of the Tour de France in September 2020? Yeah, it was, uh, you know, a str- obviously a strange year. No one had had the normal Tour de France prep you know, the normal races leading into the Tour de France. So it was a massive unknown for everyone. But even so, more for me as well, because it was my first ever Grand Tour. It's the biggest tour, you know, the Tour de France. You know, you got a star-studded field going there because no one's raced in in months. Um, so, yeah, it was, a, it was, you know, just a massive shock. And I was just super motivated to go there, but also didn't really know how I'd, how I'd do. And... Obviously, it was different because there wasn't really any crowds or anything like that. So there was not really that Tour de France atmosphere that I was always expecting. But it was still, you know, a massive event and something, you know, obviously there was media there and you could understand like the pressure from the team and 
the riders in the race and everything as well just how much of a big big deal it is and uh yeah it was it was great loved it loved every every moment of it obviously there were some hard stages there but yeah i can remember finishing my first tour de france and you know not many not many people can say they've they've been to the tour or even finished the tour de france uh yeah it's it's, it's quite an achievement and yeah super super proud to have done that and you started 2021 with a lot of racing, including Belgian classics and stage races. In May, you won Trobro Leon one day race. Can you tell me about that day? Yep. Uh, so, yeah, Trobro Leon, one of my first professional races that I did. Uh, it's got dirt sectors, you know, it goes on farm lanes. Uh, at one point in the race, it chucked it down and we went through this muddy section and it, it was as if we'd been in a cyclocross race. Uh, and it just whittles down all day. It's just really a war of nutrition. And I can remember going into the last 25 or 30k, I, I attacked because there was around five of us in the, the front front group in the, the peloton. I think it was only around 40 or 50 guys and we had strength in numbers. So it was kind of a case of us starting to attack and make other team, teams chase. I was on a super good day. I attacked. Uh, we got across to the breakaway. And then I ended up being in a group of four guys, I think. Uh, and I could sense that I was really strong on the bike. So uh, going into the final 10K, the DS was screaming in my ear to tell me to go and attack. Kept on attacking, but the wind was always kind of a headwind and I could never really get the gap that I needed. And then we went into the sprint in the final. And I was still confident and I made sure I launched, uh, launched first. And then about three metres from the line, I could kind of see between my elbows and I thought no one was there. So I celebrated. And as soon as I crossed the line, there was two people right at my side and I thought straight away that I'd lost the race. And then there was a, about a five minute wait after the race, just for confirmation after I'd looked at the photo finish to see if I'd won or lost. And I really thought that I'd lost the race. And then it gets announced that I'd won the race and there's a reaction of me screaming and cheering with my teammates. But more than anything, that's just relief because uh, I really thought that I'd lost, you know, my first big professional victory. Um, and yeah, just just to have, have won the race, the team's from Brittany and that's where that race is. So it's kind of like their world champs. You know, it's a massive race on the calendar and loads of people call it the coolest one um, just because it's just so different to everything else and the local Breton rider that placed highest in the race wins a pig. So uh yeah, it's it's quite special. And yeah, to win that it was it was great. Like an actual live pig. Yeah, they win an actual live pig. When I first raced the race in 2017, obviously, uh yeah, someone won a pig and I always thought the winner won a pig. So bef- before the race, I was joking saying, Oh, I'm gonna win a pig. But it actually goes to the best local rider. But yeah, they're winning a live pig. One of my teammates has won the pig a few times now. And uh, they normally sell it off to a farm or something like that. Oh, that was a shame. I thought I was going to be able to ask you what you'd done with your winning pig. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> you competed in your second Tour de France in July. How did this compare to the previous year? And what are some memorable moments from the three weeks? I think it was different to the previous year because in 2020, it was such an unknown, never done a Grand Tour before. Whereas this year, I I knew that I'd already done one. 
I knew I was capable of, you know, uh, being able to finish it and being able to be helpful in the race, but also competitive in the race. Uh, from a fan's sort of view, there was a lot more fans out on the side of the road. So the atmosphere of the Tour de France was definitely there. And there was definitely more of a buzz and you could kind of sense, you know, what, what normal Tour de France is like. And then one of the highlights for me would probably be the breakaway day. Uh, when I came away with 11th in the stage, I was in a breakaway with like Alaphilippe, Stefan Kung. Um, who else was there? There were some other hitters there. But yeah, it was a, Nils Pollitt. He won the stage. Um, and yeah, I, w- I actually went with Nils Pollitt's first attack. Uh, didn't follow his second one because he went and won, which I should have done, but never mind. And um, yeah, I ended up coming away with 11th. I'd like to, you know, we've been in the top 10, but it was still a great day and great experience gained, especially with the guys that I was in, in the breakaway with. And in August, you won the GC in the five-day stage race, top point two. What do you remember about that race and how did it feel to win the GC? Yeah, I went into the race, you know, wanting to do well in the GC. And then after the time trial, I ended up getting in the leader's jersey. Stage five, uh, last day, leader's jersey. Uh, I think I've got a lead of around 10 seconds. I ended up picking up a sprint bonus on the day. So then I had a 12-second lead, but it's still not a lot. The finishing circuit was hard. Uh, there, was a, there was a steep climb in it. And I can remember being super nervous because I'm basically the leader of the race. And I've got, you know... If I lose, then I lose the jersey and I lose the winning the race and I'll, I'll end up second or third or something like that. So, you know, there's a, a lot of pressure there. And I can remember not really liking the pressure because it's really stressful, uh, especially when the break doesn't go or it's not ha- good. The stage doesn't go how you talk about in the in the race briefing or anything like this. So it's really stressful having the leader's jersey. But um you know, you've also kind of got to show your competitors how strong you are as well and show that it's not really affecting you. And yeah, I can remember just winning the race overall. It was, you know, uh, again, a great achievement. And, you know, to, to have won the GC in a race as well, I'm pretty pretty proud of that. And uh, yeah, just uh, I, I want to keep on continuing on this, on this path. And I know you spent some time on the mountain bike this year. Can you tell me about your West Highland Way ride? Yeah, so I, I watched Rob Weldell uh, set the West Highland Way record and he made a really cool video with Wahoo uh, on YouTube. And I can remember watching this video and I was like, oh, I want to go and do the West Highland Way. I think he did it in nine hours, 15. Looks a real Scottish adventure and just something different. And I normally ride the mountain bike or cyclocross bike in the winter and things like that. So, you know... Uh, I really enjoy doing that sort of thing. And I thought after the Tour de France, you know, you normally have a couple of weeks, you know, chill, don't really do a lot, just kind of recovering. And I thought the second week after the Tour uh, would be an ideal time to go up to Scotland and go for the record. Um, Obviously, I wanted just to complete it, but I did want to do it at a good pace as well to see how close I would be to the record. And yeah, went up to uh, Scotland and took the record, Thanks to the help of, you know, Sean, uh, Tobin and Paula as well, who came out there, you know, they was feeding me every 25 or 30 kilometers, made sure there was spare wheels at, at the ready. And I think I did in eight hours, 32 or something like this, eight and a half hours on the mountain bike, nonstop, just 
keep going and there's loads of hiker bike sections and things like that so it's a super hard day on the bike but um yeah it was just something different a challenge and yeah just really enjoyed it and i'd uh, like to go back there again and uh, go faster and you mentioned your cyclocross bike do you ever race cyclocross uh sometimes in 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 the early winter like in october time you know if it's a dry course and it's not super muddy because then you need like two or three bikes. I've only got one bike. So if it's a, if it's just dry course, dry race, then yeah, I'll have a bit of a double in the cyclocross, but I won't do a full season or anything like that. It's just a case of just going there and having a bit of fun in the, in the local leagues. And you did your first ever mountain bike race this year, the mountain bike marathon championships, and you finished third. Can you tell me about that? Yes, that was a week after the West Highland Way. Uh, so I just spent eight and a half hours on my mountain bike. I thought, why not go and do the Marathon National Champs, which would be around five hours. Uh, it suits me a lot more compared to normal mountain bike racing, which is normally only an hour or so. So yeah, being the marathon ones, I was really up for it. And yeah, I didn't really know what to expect. And yeah, I was in, in the race winning move. And the only thing that let me down was maybe my descending uh so i need to improve my skills on my descending a little bit um but yeah it was uh again a, a great day something different something i enjoyed doing and yeah coming away third at the national champs for my first ever mountain bike race yeah I'll, t- I'll take that and yeah next year you know go there again and try and be on the the top step after practicing mm-hmm. uh, my descending skills so you've just taken part in the tour of britain how did it feel to be back racing in the UK on the road? Yeah, great, because it's been, you know, a good year and a half or a bit longer that I've not raced in the UK. So it's, it's nice just to race on home roads. Uh, they're a lot different to abroad because they're a lot worse, as in you, you don't go as fast, they're not as smooth. So it makes it more of a harder day on the bike. Um, and that's something that I prefer. So, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed the week. I'd have, I'd have liked to have achieved more in the race, but we was only four riders, so um, that made it a little bit different, difficult on the GC. Uh, but yeah, nonetheless, you know, I had family and friends that come out and watch me in the race. They got to see the the Arkea bus and you know all the setup of the team and everything like that. So that was super nice, and yeah, just really enjoyed uh, the Tour of Britain this year. And you're about to head off to the Road World Champs in Flanders to take part in the elite men's road race on Sunday. How do you feel ahead of the race? Yeah, I I feel like, you know, I've just done the Tour of Britain. It's been a hard eight days. Uh, I've got Frankfurt this Sunday, then I've got Denan on Tuesday, and then I'll have the World Championship. So I've got two races before that, uh, two one days. So, yeah, I'm just looking to carry some good form out of the Tour of Britain, make sure I recover really good. Uh, Don't really need to do much training, just let this race come through. And then, yeah, all guns blazing for the World Championships. And again, yeah, pulling on the GB jersey, it's such a privilege and such an honour and, you know, uh, super motivated for, for the World Champs. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be huge, especially in Flanders. And yeah, just really looking forward to it. And what do you know already about the course? I know that it's hard. <laughs> it's long, it's hard uh obviously there's cobbles yeah it's you you know a proper classic uh world champs and uh, yeah it's going to be a tough day on the bike but uh yeah it's going to be also a good one
Who's your favourite to win the race? Uh, I would say Van Aert looks pretty good option. Uh, obviously, he's been flying at the Tour of Britain. But then again, you can't rule out Cole Brelli, who's just won the European champs. Philippe, the current world champion. Uh, there's a good, you know, solid 10 guys that I could probably uh, name and, you know, you could pick them out of a hat and they could very well go and win the race. But yeah, I'd quite like to see, you know, a surprise winner. Uh, mm. I think that's always nice rather than a favourite. So uh, yeah, we'll we'll see. What are your plans for 2022? So I have another year on my contract with RK Samsic. Uh, so I'll be riding for this team again. And then, yeah, it's just a case of getting stuck into the classics, trying to get a result uh, in the early season races, because uh, that's where I'd really like to see myself progressing. And then, yeah, just hopefully have a, another successful season and make it even better than this one. Uh, I think I'd be happy with that. Where do you see yourself in five years' time? Uh, I see myself as an established domestic rider that can work well for, you know, GC guys uh, in Grand Tours, um, but also have my own opportunity in the classics, uh, certain, you know, week, week-long week races to try and go for the GC in and things like that. Um, so, yeah, just being like an established domestic rider, but also, you know, kind of a classics and can still win races and gets given his own opportunities. Where's your favourite place to ride for fun? Uh... I quite enjoy riding in Gran Canaria, um, but I also really enjoy riding Mallorca. I've not really ridden, I've obviously ridden in quite a lot of places, but there's still a lot of places I need to tick off. So for the moment, yeah, maybe let's say Gran Canaria. I, I do like the roads and training out there. What's your favourite race you've ever done? Uh, well, it's got to be Trobrilli on, but yeah, I've won that. You know, it was my first professional race. No, I really love that race. Um, and I've won it, so it's even better. <laughs> yeah, let's say Trevor Leon. It's a good, it's a blooming good race. <laughs> Is there a race that you haven't done yet that you would really like to do? Paris Roubaix. So, but I will be riding that this year. Uh, which is the weekend after the World Championships. So uh, that will be my first time riding Paris-Roubaix. And yeah, looking forward to that one too. Awesome. I, lo- I love Paris-Roubaix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's cool, eh? Who's your favourite current rider? Uh, that's a hard one. Not too sure who... Exactly. Ah, let's say Geraint Thomas. You know, he's he's classic. He's a solid, uh, solid pick there. And who's your favourite rider of all time? Um, obviously, like Bradley Wiggins, but yeah, Ian Stannard. Uh, really like how how he was on the bike. Um, and yeah, obviously, aspire to be. You know, have similar sort of characteristics as him and you know achieve similar things that he's achieved so uh, yeah I like uh, Ian Stannard. What's your advice for young riders? I'd say uh, just you know really enjoy it don't think take things too seriously you know have have fun with your mates um, you know just don't just don't have pressure of like trying to win races and stuff like that just enjoy it enjoy the racing first and then uh, 
and then hopefully results and things will, will follow. But yeah, don't be, uh, don't get too boggled down if, you know, you don't feel like training one day after school or something like this, like it's not the end of the world. And then also don't, you know, push yourself or try and lose weight or anything like that. That's just, that's just silly because it's not really relevant for a, for a young rider. Um, yeah, just the main thing is just enjoy it. Just have fun. You've got five minutes before you head down to the start of a race. What's on your playlist to get you motivated? I'd probably have a bit of Tiesto or Scooter. You know, some sort of uh, dance trance music. Thank you for joining me today, Connor. No problem. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you to Connor for being on the podcast and a huge good luck to him at the Road World Champs this weekend. If you enjoyed this episode, then you can find other episodes of my podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, my Buzzsprout website and all the usual podcast places. And you can find my podcast on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Don't forget to share the podcast with your friends and let me know what you thought of this episode. See you on the bike.